From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hour three. Hi, hi, hi. Big and Wild Outdoors, Brady Gun, Jonathan Swindle, Bill George out in the woods. Turkey down, turkey down. It's got one down, one to go. Apparently, uh, one of our favorite calling co hosts is on the line. Oh, wait, what? Wait, I had to reach Might as well, yeah, you might as well give who's on the phone. Is this Beaner? Beano. Hey, buddy. Beano. What are you doing? What's up, brother? Nothing, nothing. You guys were just like searching for a word for a guy that goes out and picks berries and finds morel mushrooms and all that. Uh, just an outdoorsman, isn't it? You know. Uh, uh, well, yeah, kind of, sort of. I mean, um, you would, I, to me, an outdoorsman. The definition of an outdoorsman is a guy who can hey, do hey, all. Hey, 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 can hey, do hey, all hey. that. Outdoors all person. Whatever. All my they could do. Let me take my let me take my pink high heels off and say outdoors person. Yeah, sure. And they could, uh, but I, they always outdoors men always seem to be the kind of guy who could do all that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you could put a door on straight and stuff like that too. You know well, I mean, I, did you ever? I mean, like Tosh, you know, the guy who <laughs> had uh, to change a deadbolt out not before last. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, Tosh that lived down in the Everglades and all that stuff down there, and Chuckalusky and all that stuff. Even though he was here in the state of Florida, I would consider him to be an uh, an outdoorsman um, because, dude, he could do everything from you know trap raccoons and alligators to make moonshine to catching pompano. Uh, well, he also smuggled a lot of dope, which people seem to forget. Well, he, you, all those guys at Chukalusky were doing that. Are you kidding? Right. They were all yeah. of them. Every every single person down there. Everybody's was, got a hobby. Okay. Well. I, at one point in time, I think one third of the men down there were in prison. Well, that's because but, they were all had they all had pompano boats and shrimp boats, and they'd go out and uh, meet the shrimp boats offshore, and then uh, you know get it back in because they knew yeah, all the they, they knew all the back ways to get around. Right, right. Law right. enforcement, and then they all kept their mouths shut for three years. They're out of prison, and then they retired. So yeah, you know how you know how they got caught. They got they got caught because a federal agent happened to be driving through there, and noticed everybody driving brand new trucks. Yeah, he goes, he goes. Wait a minute, they're living in these shacks down here. In Back Chuck when Alaska. you were shrimp were pennies, yeah, on the dollar a pound. These guys are all driving brand new trucks, and I mean like this year's brand new trucks, not like you know a brand new truck from three years ago. Brand new trucks like within the last six months, and he was like, ah, something ain't right here, man. This is not, this ain't right. Yeah, but that would be my definition of an outdoorsman. Someone who could get out there like that Alaskan guy, that old guy that went out there with a hatchet and a saw and a backpack and like built a cabin Bring and lived, on. lived out there for like 80 years. You yeah. know, that well, guy. There's, there's some guys like that. But I got to tell you something, too. I mean, I mean, you know, we were kids, we would, we would. I mean, look, I've ate cattail roots before, I guess to say I ate them, you know, and, and prickly pears aren't bad. You know, you burn the hairs off of them or whatever, but 
You look at all those pictures of Geronimo and sitting bowling out. Ain't none of them smiling because he knew what they were eating, and they weren't happy about it, you know? <laughs> well, as my I dad never used, thought of it that way, but well, okay. Well, my dad used to say, the good thing about the Comanches and Apaches, they could live on mesquite beans and horses, and they'd be happy about it. And uh, that's about the fact. I mean, uh, I always, my dad's always used to make horse people extremely upset when he would say, uh, I treat horses the same way the Apaches do, and, and they'd be like, what do you mean? He goes, well, you ride it till it dies, then you eat it, and you go steal another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned Bill Gibbons because he died of a bleeding ulcer. Yeah, well, so you know, and when he did die, the first thing my dad said was, that's because he was eating too many green pine cones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen him eat a porcupine one time, man. You know, porcupine. You you know you live in the the times that we live in, and I love this with my wife and daughters, with them being part of the outdoors. But then seeing things like, well, I never watching a survival show. I never do that. I'm like, give it a couple of days, and your stomach starts. And hey, Roach I, looks pretty damn uh, good. That wasp larvae looks the, really darn good. The stomach good. will convey to the brain. I need something to yeah. nosh on. So, I'll eat that. Yeah, I'll find that. I'll eat that. No problem. Let it rip. Yeah, I. I you know what? Like my mom. You, you know, know, what? you know, I ain't gonna eat that. Then you go hungry. You know? <laughs> <laughs> eventually, exactly. Eventually, liverwurst looks pretty good. Liverwurst onions. Mean? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Brunschweiger. Uh, you know, the thing that always disappointed me about Yule Gibbons, and those who don't know, he was one of the, uh, back in the, what, 40s, 50s, he was, 60s, no, he was like the Bear grills of the no, day. No, he and, was the, what we were saying earlier about Kurt Russell and Tom Selleck, he was the shave, and 30 minutes later, he would have to shave again. Yeah, and then he go, you go from being a guy you could drop off in the middle of wherever, and he could survive to doing Grape Nuts commercials. It was kind of a letdown. <laughs> It was like, man, they got Yule Gibbons eating great nubs. What's what's up with that, bro? Yeah, but I mean, he was. Uh, I guess you could say celebrity. Celebrity, what thirty, forty years ago? I mean, he was on National Geographic, yeah. in the magazine or the TV shows. Oh, he was always in Outdoor Life or uh, Sports and Field. Uh, he was in all those magazines that I grew up reading as a kid. You know, uh, where you he would give you. Uh, yeah. how to forage properly for certain things in the woods, like you just said, you know, cattail roots and, uh, you know, how to find sassafras to make tea in the woods and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was ginseng, yeah. you know. Well, nobody gives him credit for it because he was mainly the animal photographer. Marty Stauffer was a real big guy that a lot of people don't know. He was a survivalist or whatever you want to call it. But he was also the black, you know, his real last name is Stouffer. Yeah. You know, as in Stouffer's yeah, yeah. Frozen yeah, Foods. Yeah, I get it. He was the black sheep of the family and did not want to go into the family business. So they basically paid for his stuff to be able to go and. Yeah, but they, he, he cashed their checks. Yeah, he did. I mean, he did. I mean, he was part of, but he, but he, he wanted to, that's why you pronounce Fight his name. He changed his name to pronounce it Stouffer. Yes. Instead of Stouffer so that he wouldn't be associated with the. Yeah, fun family. Yeah. But yeah, I grew up watching his stuff too. My brothers did as well. Not only are we Marty entertaining, Stauffer but we're educational. But he was the most <laughs> he was the most boring talker on the entire planet. All those narrations he used to do. Oh my god, it'll put you to sleep. Be like the mighty <laughs> well, I don't grizzly know what bear. Forge. I got some okra on the yard. I'll be cooking that later. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, but see, if you were foraging, it'd be dandelions and, uh, you know, clover, uh, you know, take uh, flowers and add it to your salad. Hey, things are bad, but they ain't that bad. Come on, nice. man. Those things are delicious. They're a little bitter. Dandelions? Yeah, they're kind, awesome. They're kind of bitter. They I are? mean, I got some, I got some uh, mustard greens going out there. They're a little bitter, but they're good. Yes, sir. Bacon on there. Yeah, but you know? like anything else, you got to do something. You got to blanch them first. You got to rinse them. You got to do all that other stuff to prep. You got to rinse them. <laughs> you got to rinse them, and then you got to rinse them. <laughs> yeah, and then you got to. You, you know, I you love got, me some mustard greens. You know, it's it's. You should come on over, Jonathan. I got some. I I picked them clean twice. I'll send Brayden a picture in a minute. They're growing chicken manure, baby. That's some good stuff. Hey, usefulness, oh, baby. phosphorus, man. Usefulness. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how good that phosphorus is now that it's in Tampa Bay. We'll have to see what the... <laughs> you know, I, I, I got a big feeling that that's going to be... I mean, I, I know, you don't get me going, but I know that's going to be a red flag for the guys, but I've yet to hear the first dead pinfish, the first... There's guys fishing there saying, well, you know, it's, uh, they're having it on. They, they want it to be a crisis. And well, I think... Now red tide in Sarasota. Well, there's red tide in Sarasota every spring. Yeah, somewhere. I, I got the uh, I got the alert uh, this past week from the FWC. The update on the because I get it every week. I got the uh, FWC red tide report. I get it every single time so that I can uh, keep abreast of it. And you're right, no red tide really to speak of in Tampa Bay. Still a little bit of it floating around down there in the uh, Sarasota Bay area down there, but that's to be expected. It's it's always been there. And I think it always will be. But they're all worried that, you know, with a west wind, that it'll blow that stuff around the curve of Terracia, or somehow it's going to make it in and then mix with the nitrogen-enriched uh, water, and then all of a sudden, kaboom! A giant bloom of, uh, you know, deadly toxins everywhere. Mother Nature's pretty resilient, man. That's all I'm going to say. That is true. Thank you, Gino, for the call. All right, buddy. You guys have a good day. Hey, man. Stay dry. Hey, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Lots of good stuff going on over there. Go swing by and see them today. They'll make you a really good deal. I'm telling you. All right. We're going to talk a little G5 when we come back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Diego hanging out. Bill George out in the woods. One turkey down, one more to go. That's the way it's going out there in the woods this morning. Wait, wait. Moment of silence for Prince Philip. Are they burying him today? Yeah. Oh. I need to have a. We need to have a chat with whoever is in here before us and tell them that they need to <laughs> pick better. <laughs> I don't control. TV to watch. I don't control the TV in it. Oh, that's a cool looking little truck, though. They put him yes, in the sir. back of a truck. They put him in the back of a Range Rover. What is? It? I don't know. <laughs> that's that's now. There's a commoner right there. They just threw Prince Philip into the back of a truck and uh, in a Land Rover. Yeah, that's to be it. carried to his resting place in a Land Rover pickup truck. That's the way to go. Just All right, Prince the back Phillips of the truck. just uh, went up on my coolness factor. Yeah, that that actually is pretty cool. They're not putting him in some horse-drawn chariots with 15 white stallions or anything. Uh, they got some old green uh, 
uh, Range Rover truck. They're going to put it. Full drive. <laughs> Drop the tailgate, boys. Let's go. Oh, that's actually pretty awesome. That is really awesome. Okay, he just became my favorite royal. <laughs> oh, anyway. Hey, before the break, we were talking uh, a little bit about the red tide, and I wanted to go ahead and give you the alert that the uh, FWC gave me uh, midweek here. <laughs> for uh, the alert noise. For uh, all of us here uh, along the area, on the East Coast over the past week, uh, no red tide had been observed in Northwest Florida over the past week. Uh, it was observed in at background concentrations in Franklin County in one sample. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a lot of work there, buddy. In Southwest Florida, that would be us included in this area, over the past week, it was observed in the background to medium concentration and offshore of Sarasota in 31 samples, very low to high concentrations in Charlotte County in four samples, background to very low concentrations and offshore of Lee County in 12 samples, and background to medium concentrations in Collier County in six samples. Samples from or offshore from Pinellas, Hillsborough, and Manatee counties did not contain red tide. Hmm. So maybe we'll get lucky this year. Interesting. Maybe we'll get extremely lucky this year. And by the way, uh, the FWC is actually doing a pretty good job of keeping everybody up to date with the uh, Florida Department of Environmental Protection. And they have a, a website if you'd like to go uh, keep an update on Piney Point and see what's going on over there. <clears throat> Uh, the website is uh, kind of long, so pay attention. It's protectingfloridatogether.gov forward slash piney point update. Protectingfloridatogether.gov forward slash piney point update. That will take you to the uh, website that does nothing but give you piney point regional notification and all the stuff that's going on there. They'll give you a little background on what actually is happening, their water quality monitoring, and the uh, daily updates that you can sign up for tweets or you can sign up for emails, any of that kind of stuff. You can either do it in, in, uh, for the county or you can be uh, for Manatee County updates only, or you can go for the, the whole shebang. And what's today's date? Today is the uh, 16th? 17th. So uh, the update on the seventh, on the sixteenth, uh, from Dr. Ping Wang of USF's School of Geosciences. Today they begin utilizing. I don't know what this word is. I have no idea. Bathmetery, bathery, bathmetery, b a t h y m e t r y. You're way better bathery, at butchering words than I am. Bathymetery, bathmetery. I don't know. Uh, but they said that they, uh, on Tuesday afternoon, a low-level flow was observed, and the concentrated seepage area on the east wall of the NGS South compartment. Dive crews immediately arrived on scene, identified a small dispatchment underneath the plate placed on the liner seam separation at this time. The low-level flow rate appears to be consistent, and repair efforts continue. Hmm. <clears throat> Discharge from the Port Manatee remains ceased. The department is working rigorously to get involved. Technology is up and running quickly as possible. 
it is the department's focus to ensure that, if possible, any future necessary discharges are pre-treated to minimize ecological impacts. So those are the kind of things that you will actually get if you want to go and sign up for it. Uh, they did say that approximately 213 million gallons remain in the uh, compartment. That's the, the lake, I guess. Evaluation volume will be likely fluctuating as innovation technologies are deployed to initiate water treatment. There are no reported fish kills in the area. Let me go ahead and repeat that. There are no reported fish kills in the area. Everybody listen. That was uh, yesterday's report from uh, the uh, Piney Point Regional Notification website. No, no dead fish. Hmm. But a lot of them being caught. I hear all my guides uh, going over there fishing the area. They're over there for two reasons, to go over there to see what's going on and see just how bad it actually is, and two, to go ahead and catch some fish, which they seem to be doing quite well. And it uh, doesn't seem to be affecting them too much. But as Gina pointed out, I think a lot of people are <clears throat> are predicting this gloom and doom that it's going to be this massive convergence Kind of like uh, what was the what was the George Clooney movie where the two storms met together? Perfect storm. Yeah, the perfect storm. So they're gonna, you know, they're predicting this perfect storm. Well, of, and everybody's a west wind and red tide mixing with the nitrogen, and then go boom. Well, and be, everybody's biggest, you know, I guess it's human. A fellow says human nature is to always, you know, prepare for the worst and hope for the best and. Unfortunately, it seems like with a lot of this stuff, it's always going to be the worst in um, history. And well, then, hopefully then, it won't. Then, then, like what you just said, it's oh no, no fish. Well, dodged a bullet there. You know, give it some time. <clears throat> well, so, summer's not here yet. We'll see what happens. It, it's. Better yet, this is the perfect analogy that I have for you, and you're a movie fan, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. <coughs> Major League Two. <laughs> Certain one of the Quaid brothers who's set out there in the stands. Ah, <laughs> oh, they'll blow it in the playoffs. They'll blow it every year. <laughs> this is when they get mad. Uh, listen, if you want to find something to do today with your kids, uh, a great time is going to be happening out at G5 Feeding Outdoors today from uh, 10 o'clock until 3 o'clock. Uh, it's their annual kids in the outdoor event that they're happening out there. Uh, they got a uh, they got a sheriff's helicopter out there this year, I think, coming out. Uh, got target shooting going on, casting demonstrations, uh, archery. The uh, Trinity Sportsman's guys are going to be out there letting the kids shoot archery. It's going to be food. There'll be uh, airboats on display. FWC officers on site with uh, probably some critters out there, so for the kids to be able to see something up close, all that kind of stuff. Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office canine unit is going to be out there. Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office Marine Dive Team will also be out there. And uh, kids can come out there and uh, do the build-a-knife thing they're doing again with Case. The kids love that stuff last year, man. Uh, they get to go in there and actually build a, uh, a Case knife. It's like How a wooden kit. How dare you let them use a sharp object? It's not a sharp object. It's a wooden kit that you I put together. Okay. So you put together and do all that kind of stuff. So, uh, again, they're going to do all that stuff. But that's starting at 10 o'clock today. Goes until 3 o'clock this afternoon. And with it being cloudy, kind of windy, and maybe a chance to rain, it would be mm -hmm. a good, good place to go hang out for the day. 
because you know they got a roof and all. Yes. So it's it's all good. It's it's going to be happening today, ten to three. I want helicopter rides. That's what I want. I want to get that sucker banked over, man. Let's get over there and Not go no fly more. over some spots. What do we need no more? Not no more. Can't do ride-alongs in helicopters anymore? Not no more. Doggone it, man. Darn fuel prices. Oh, is that what it is? I'll chip in 20 bucks. I'm good with that. <laughs> what do you think? I'm a cheapskate when it comes to that? I'd, I'd be all for it. I'd, I'm, I'm all good for that. And uh, also, let's go ahead and uh, put that out there again because I got asked two times this past week. I'm like, well, thanks for listening to the show. Are you guys having the uh, Panfish Challenge again this year? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we are. It's the 7th Annual Panfish Challenge, 7th year in a row that we're going to be doing uh, out there at the Panavista Vista Lodge up in uh, Sumter County, about an hour north of uh, Tampa. It's an easy drive. It's basically all interstate until you get off and you take the back road there and go two miles down the road and it's on the left, take it down the end of the road, and ba-boom, you're there. And uh, it's all going to be happening on June 19th. Game on. June 19th. It's going to be happening. It's $25 to register. That's pre-register your boat. It's $25 per boat, not per person. And you can go out there and fish for the day, uh, you know, during the tournament. If you wait till the day of, it's going to cost you 10 bucks more, 35 yep. bucks for the day of. So I'll go into a good cause. It is. And... <clears throat> We've had new sponsors come in. Of course, we're always looking for new sponsors. If you'd like to help out, please call Jim or Kelly up there at uh, Panavista Vista Lodge, uh, PanaVistaChallenge.com. You can get all the information because we are now going to be paying out all the way to fifth place. Boom. So 500 bucks for first place, 300 for second, 200 for third, 100 bucks for fourth, 50 bucks for fifth, heaviest bluegill, 100 bucks. Heaviest shell cracker, 100 bucks, And that actually keeps growing. And it will grow, I promise you. The more that uh, we get sponsorships, the more it pays out for everybody else that gets there. So if you own a business or want to be involved in it in any way, you got to get involved. You got to give them a call. Yep. Pan of, panfishchallenge.com. Panfishchallenge.com. We'll talk a little more about it when we get back. It is the Big Wild Outdoors. Big and Wild Outdoors, Brayden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Diego, oh, and Steve Austin. I don't know, I don't know why he just showed up in here and uh, just flopped into a seat like he owns the place. Not that Pretty he doesn't. Do. I was going to say not that he doesn't. <laughs> I, like, I got some, I got Steve, some stock. I, well, yeah. Steve, Steve is that guy that when you walk in, you're like, hey, I'm looking for it. Come here. It's over here. Come here. Oh, yeah. That guy? Well, he doesn't work. Down the hallway to the right. You know, until uh, uh, when CBS owned this place, I was the guy in the official guide that said, last man standing. That's pretty much the truth. When when nobody else was left in the building, I was the guy that had to be here, which is nice because I just walk around and prowl. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, look, boxing pins. <laughs> that's because you're that's because you're the you're the uh, the outdoorsman, the sportsman of the uh, the. Uh, he is a forager. He's a forager. He is he, a forager. Uh, after hours forager here in the dark region. chocolate with caramel. I'm gonna eat these. <laughs> wow. Somebody left some Buccaneer pom-poms here. Yeah. Well, I guess they don't want these anymore. Take these home. It's all good. Uh, I Listen, before I get into Steve and all the details on him, but uh, I wanted to let you know uh, on the Panfish Challenge coming up on June 19th at the Pana Vista Lodge, uh, the, all the pontoon boats have been uh, rented, pre-rented, but it doesn't mean that you on can't, get your, pontoon. can't get your name on the list in case somebody backs out. Uh, John Boats, uh, I, I I think they're still available. I'm John, not sure. bring your boat over here. $25 to bring your own, uh, $35 a day of. And as I said before, the more sponsors we get, the more payouts happen on this. And we're now up to paying Wait, out all the way to fifth place. you win money catching them little panfish? 500 bucks, bro. What? Or if you get heaviest bluegill and heaviest shell right pack, now, and it's growing. $700. You can you walk away with 700 bucks. Did you see? The world record paddlefish was caught in the lake I grew up on in East Tennessee on Cherokee Lake. Can you, you keep s- those things? I thought they were protected. Uh, I, I don't think they are in Tennessee. Well, he didn't keep it anyway because his friend was saying something about, you got to keep that. That's going to be a record. He's like, man, I ain't going to keep it. So they just, I, I guess, measured it, shot a lot of video of it, and the state said that would have been not only a Tennessee record, that would be a world record paddlefish. That was one fat, you know. He let it go? Yeah, thank God. I'm Don't they eat them? Do they eat those oh, things? Oh, yeah, you can eat them, but they didn't. And they shouldn't have kept that one, man. That, I, he couldn't get it in the boat. The other guy's holding the camera. He, it was so big, he couldn't hardly pull it up in the boat. I don't know, man. Those things have been around for a long time, Pretty man. Prehistoric, man, those things. Those things uh, get that big, he's been sucking up on a lot of nasty mud down there on the oh, bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what, if God toxins. made one ugly fish in America, that was it. Well, I just saw this past week that the Twisted Limb guys went out and they met up with some guys and they went out shooting paddlefish for the night on yeah. some river up there and they had a whole boatload of them. But they were when probably I was a kid, nobody even fished for those things. That's amazing how now the fish now people never touched. What do you use like a like a dough ball same, or something? Yeah, same same thing you use on uh, catfish, man. Just big old night crawlers and whatever. Big old cheese ball on the end of a treble hook or something? I, I, tell, I tell you what, now, on that very lake up in a cove back behind my mom and dad's house when they lived on the farm up there, I caught a 67-pound blue cat up there one, one summer. First cast of the evening, about an hour before dark, and hit no more and hit the water. Boom, gone. I put out, you know, like five foot down on a leader and big old fat night crawler, and that boy slammed it. Was uh, you fishing with an Oscar Mayer? What were you doing? What are you throwing out there? I just said I threw a big old night crawler out there. Night crawler? Yeah, we used to go down to Cherokee Boat Dock and go, give me a dozen of them night crawlers. That's all I could afford, a dozen. <laughs> so yeah, but like, they're so big. Don't, you, don't lose it. They're so big you could cut them up into 30 pieces. Yeah, but you want those big honkers to leave it whole. What Did, did you get the thing in? I oh, mean, yeah. I big got bait, it up big the fish. And, uh, and, I mean, it was a load. That thing's head was Did massive. you eat it? No. I, tur- I put it back in. I always just felt bad about keeping great big fish because, man, he survived everything. Yeah, but it could have been a world record to catch a two-pound. Uh, yeah, a stringer full of channel cats and, and blue cats and a big old mess of catfish. I always would fillet them and take them to my mom, and she'd put them in that cornmeal and fry them, and I'd eat till I died. Wait a minute. you got to skin those darn things. What did I just say? Yeah, you said fillet you said them. Fillet them. Fillet them, yeah. No, he just, I, I know just, better than he did. Yeah. I just heard the Come fillet on, part. Come on, a Tennessee boy grew up on a lake. Hey, hey, hey. Everything I say, you go, 
You never did that. Yeah, you never did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I grew up between. <laughs> I want to hear this. You got such a vivid memory of it. What did you catch it with? The old Zebco 808 oh, or what? Yeah, pro- Actually, you know, it was a buddy of mine who had moved to Tennessee from Oregon, a Yankee. Here we go. And he's like, would you like a nice fishing rod? I don't use it anymore. And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. It's a free and, fishing rod. Yeah, and it had a Mitchell. <laughs> oh, Mitch. Can't remember which, which one it was. Spinning one, reel? 101, yeah. Oh, Lord. One of the old green ones? No, no. Blue? It, what color was it? Do you remember what color it was? No. Well, Dude, that was 141 me. years ago. <laughs> the, bo- the boat <laughs> went on a rod. And 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 I, I we used to go in there all the time, and, you know, I had my crappy set up, which was a yellow and a white fly. It's all I had. I mean, I we didn't have a lot of money, man. My dad was a soldier, and he was in Vietnam or somewhere. I was on my own. No, you're a poor kid when you were us, and you're running through the the high grass with a machete trying to stir, stir up uh, grasshoppers, and then you have yeah. your cousins catch them on the fly as they're going And every past once them. in a while, I'd catch a copperhead going through yeah, the that's, Yeah, that makes but, good catfish bait. But, but I mean, you know, we go down there. I told you, because I didn't know it was illegal when I was little. When I was 14, 15, we cut a tree down and let it fall right in the corner of this uh, holler. And I don't think it was thing, illegal then. I don't know. It was but 140 it, years ago. I tell ago. you this: in two weeks, that thing was eat up with crappie. You couldn't throw a line in there. Mm-hmm. They, didn't hit it. they like that little uh, cover. That's for sure. Oh, it was a big. They, 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 they like the cover, and they like the minnows that it attracts. Yeah, and, and I had there. a yellow and a white fly. I had a box of those, and I'd throw them out there, and they'd nail them. It's funny because you know people. I don't guess they fish with those now for for crappie, crappie, whatever you call them down here. Yeah, they do. Do they? Yeah. Well, boy, they'll tear them. They tore them in California when we were out there. My dad is in the Air Force. They'd murder them. Little jigs, uh, the same color. Those are uh, two of the most popular colors still used today. And then, of course, in that lake, we had smallmouth bass and a lot of those. Uh, I've never lake caught one. Because it was made by TVA. And sometimes we'd be, I'd be out there. I, just, I had this spot for, for smallmouth bass. And you'd look down, and there's the steeple of a church right below you. And I'd go, yeah, get us out of here. I mean, it looked creepy. Your papa didn't get a job with a TVA? No. You get a washing machine and a Chevrolet? No. But he said, here's your one chance fancy. Don't let me down. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I'd go out there. At least you got your nails done. Yeah. I'd go out there with his bass boat. He had a nice bass boat. Oh, people don't understand how fun this is for me sitting in the You know, same same thing happened uh, when I went out to Lake Conroe after they flooded that area. You'd go down there and you'd see... Uh, rooftops down there, and yeah, uh, yeah. I know they they moved a bunch of graves and stuff that were out there back in the day. Yeah, you know, when the yards. Yankees would come down on vacation, there was an island out there they like to go camp on. I'd you know I worked for the boat dock, so I'd take them out there on on the boat, and I'd say, just keep in mind that right off the shore of that island <laughs> is a graveyard that's buried by the. What? If I'm you hear a sound, if close. you hear any sounds tonight, just stay in your tent. You'll be okay. <laughs> I told him it's like it's you know it's a it's a hundred yards off the bank, so you're not that close to it. In there. But I said it's a couple hundred graves. Just don't worry. Yeah. about Yeah. Occasionally, a coffin will pop. They say up they and, moved all those, but we know for a fact they didn't move them all. I don't think they had time to. No, they were whipping those legs <clears throat> up like crazy. Yeah, they uh, you know they didn't have time. They evacuated the town. Take well, the, if, if take you the look on a map, bell. there's Douglas Lake and Cherokee Lake, and I lived right in between them. So I, I had the best of both worlds. We went, we went water skiing on Douglas a lot. I didn't fish that lake a whole lot because I lived on Cherokee. Why go over there and fish? Same stuff. Yeah, really. And there's no gators we in that We had hybrids, lake. big hybrids. Hybrid the, what? Bass? Uh, yeah, the striped bass. And they were monsters. You know what you fished for them? What you, you used them? to bait? Live bluegill. Did you eat them? No. No. Why doesn't anybody eat they, those things? They I mean, say they're uh, terrible. I don't know. I never tried one. Plus neither have I. I've never had back one. Back then, you weren't even allowed to keep them. It was catch and release because they were trying to stock them. 
I wonder why you, uh, people don't eat those darn things. I mean, if you the eat, why don't you'll, they breed? Why don't they eat a gar? I mean, you'll eat a garfish. Why won't you eat one of those things? Boy, they would. They they ate bluegill. I'll tell you that. You go fishing with bluegill for them. They they would pop those bad boys. Mm-hmm. Which which is legal in the state of Florida if you catch it. Yeah. Catch it. You can use it for bait. No big deal. It's mean, all good. I, I saw some big stripers come out of there. You know, the, the tourists like to come in and fish for those because they'd hear about them and. They come in and try to catch them, but that place now is just freshwater bonefish. Basically, uh, you know, you catch them, you look at them, you get a picture, and you let it go. About five years ago, I took my son Ryan down there. I said, "I want to show you the neighborhood I grew up in, and where there used to be nothing, and we hunted doves, tons of quail back then. You couldn't walk through a field without having four heart attacks. Yeah, blow thirty of them up, and and uh, and of course grouse up in the mountains and." I mean, there was a lot of game, and, and now we went down there, and there's million-dollar homes. House, houses big, everywhere. Big sure. fancy new boat dock, and, you know, where, where my buddy Joe used to live, basically in a shack. Now there's a million-dollar kind of blows, Kind of blows the whole th- idea of when you were like, come on, Ryan, let me show you where your poor old daddy used to yeah, live. You're like, like million-dollar so <laughs> mansions everywhere. Like, like, look at the guys in the houseboats. You were <laughs> one of those? Did you have a Duesenberg, too? Oh, I mean, what, what's the deal? Yeah, I mean, it was it, <laughs> couple Ferraris. a different. I mean, it's everywhere, man. I, I remember the last time it broke my heart that I, I Google Earthed my neighborhood where I grew up on, on Route 2, Box 1229 out there in the middle of nowhere in Texas. And all it's my a subdivision, all my area that was my hunting grounds, you know, where the stock pond used to be, it's yeah. now filled in yeah. and there's houses everywhere. And uh, where I found my first owl and, you know, got him out of a tree and, and yeah. all these things. Uh, you're looking down there and you're just like, God, why did I? Why did I even look at this, man? It's just not the, it's not the, the same. It's you no, I, never I mean, can't go home day, again. Just because my mom and dad had them, and they would scream at two o'clock in the morning when I was coming home, is I hate peacocks to this day. I can't stand those things. <laughs> I'd be one thirty in the morning trying to slip in the house. <laughs> the you, good you thing about the next county. The good thing about peacocks. <laughs> Reason good why we had them. Good watchdog. Not only that, but if you're out, Guineas, if you're too. out, if you're out somewhere and you're hunting all the way past dark, and it gets dark on you in a heartbeat, tell you, where the house is. Then you know exactly where the house is. All you gotta do is stop. And if you if you call, if they they're will not call back, if they're not saying because you know, I had always, a girlfriend like that too, Wanda Sue. <laughs> She'd call, I'd call back. They get up on the top of whatever highest barn or whatever, and if you go, they'll like. And you're like, okay, house is that way. Yeah. I know exactly well, where I'm going. My parents you know, they had chickens and guineas, and I hate guineas because you can't get God them. God Now, guineas, those, those are even better burglar alarms. Yeah. Those guinea They're fowl, man. delicious. Mm-hmm. And they are good. And you know what? You have People have a thousand of them. Go catch one. No. They have a thousand of them, but they never eat the darn things. <laughs> I, mean, I like the care. eggs. You can, you can raise one of those baby guineas from the minute it comes out of the egg, pet it every day, 14 times feed it, and a minute it's grown, you'll never get near yeah. it again. They don't yep. like you no more. They they get wild. Thanks for the help. Bye. See you later, fat guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, hang on. we got to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh-huh. Brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Stay there. We'll be back. thing I ever did see, Steve Austin. Welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. 
Spring Gun, John Swindle, Steve Austin here in the studio along with Diego hanging out just kind of swapping spit uh, yeah, into you, the microphone. What? I told you about McGee, that old uh, zinc. We're, during the break, we were talking about uh, what the do's and don'ts of what you do when you don't go hunting. And Steve, of course, his dad used to raise uh, golden Pheasant, pheasants. Yeah. And, of course, a cousin comes down. And he says, Don, don't shoot anything gold. You know, if it comes up off the ground, don't shoot. And the first bird that flies up, bang, boom, the kid kills it. It's a golden pheasant. Here's so. your bill for $50. <laughs> Thank you. I said I was in Texas one time. A kid uh, that we were hunting with was in an area the, where these trophy bucks were at. And he said, don't shoot anything if it's got a tag in his ear. And he ends up shooting this monster muy grande. And they bring it back. And he says, I told you not to shoot anything that had a tag in its ear. And he said, well, it doesn't have a tag in his ear. And he goes, you can't see that hole where the tag was, where it got ripped out, probably because he be was fighting. That would be hard to pay attention to when you're looking at them big, big racks. Well, and you mm, figure, yeah, but his, like mom he, had, his mom had to ride to check for about 10K well, like for that he, one. But like you said, though, too, the deer had ripped out the tag fighting. And how many yeah. of us in this room, when you look at a buck that's been a warrior, he's got holes in his face, in his ears neck, ripped. his back, I mean, his butt. It's, I mean, it's uh, like chicken wing night at a strip club. You're not paying attention to the chicken wings. <laughs> It's easy to make a mistake. There is a wing shortage. Braden was telling yes, us about. Maybe that's why. I don't know. But, uh, but it, it, McGee, I remember the McGee stories. Yeah, the, the, there's some well, great ones. Well, he was ones. a zinc miner. And believe me, them boys worked hard. Back, back Z- in those days, a lot of those guys got zinc killed. Zinc mining in Tennessee? It's still a big business. But, I mean, back, back then, a lot of guys got killed because a big, giant boulder fell out of the roof. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of friends. Their dad never made it out of the mine kind of deal. But McGee's leggy tuck like he's right there in Tennessee. And and he he would go hunting with us because he didn't have any kids and he loved kids you know hanging out with all of us we'd be with our dads. I so, thought he was a guy that hung back at camp and uh, you no, know well, cooked and beanie weenies. I didn't say he hunted. I said he went hunting with us. <laughs> he just went and showed up. He, yeah. he was the one told me he said my gun jammed one day and I dropped out of the tree right on this ten points back, and I fell off and I stuck my finger in his butt and and crooked it so he couldn't get away, but I never could run fast enough to uncrook and shoot him. <laughs> He said, we went like two miles like that. <laughs> and then one morning we're out there. That's and why I, mean, I ain't got we, no teeth. We're talking to mountains in East Tennessee. I mean, it was 10 below. It had to be. Uh-huh. And buck only hunt. And we see this deer out on this big sand island in the middle of the river, a few trees out there. And my buddy goes, I believe that's a doe. And I looked at it and I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a doe, man. Ain't no rack up. McGee goes, are you kidding me? That thing had eight points stuck out like this. And, and he goes, man, are you sure? He goes, I'm positive. So this friend of mine shot right through the trees and killed it. We wade across that river, and at 15 degrees, busting ice, probably, probably 15 below, to tell you the truth. <laughs> we, we get over there. Here lays the doe. I, he goes, McGee, and he goes, that's a, that's a hell of a shot, buddy. You knocked his rack clean off. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually, some guys came along, and they said, we'll take it, and, and we let him have it because obviously it wasn't a legal deer. I didn't shoot it, but... <laughs> And I was saying the whole time, I'm going, that's a doe. You better not pull the trigger on I that thing. I was shot and knocked the rack right off of What gun are you using, man? Shoot that with Got a them 60, whammy shells. A 60 caliber or something. Yeah, what whammy is that? shells. Knocked it right off his feet. We were up in our in our cabin, one nice small cabin, like four boys. And How old was this guy, McGee? Probably his late 50s. Worked hard all of his life. It's one of them guys never made any money. Worked in He was 50 years old, but looked 80. Looked 80. Yeah. With old rough hands. And... Uh, He'd always have some deer hunting story about how he just missed a monster. So we'd come back to camp one night, and he's making this stew, and sticks breaking off in it. There's bugs floating. He said, why don't you get your bowl of stew? We're like, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. 
And, and stirred it with a stick. And <laughs> yep. just got off. I swear you break the, the stick off the tree and just stir the stew with it. Yeah, it's good. Good taste. It's got a little woody taste to it, but <laughs> it's hickory flavor. <laughs> but you know, I mean, he's a guy. I remember what he? You know, he accidentally drowned fishing by himself and couldn't swim. You're stupid, kidding me. Stupid thing to do. He mm. went fishing by himself. The motor stopped. He stood up to pull the rope, and the boat started, and he fell out. Couldn't swim a lick. Oh, you no, kidding no life me. jacket or not. We, us boys, all the guys that hunted with him, we looked for him for ten days out on that lake. We drove everywhere looking for him. Oh man! And finally, the uh, police found him. But uh, man, just uh, of all the memories of my life, and I certainly ain't a kid anymore. That's a guy I'll never ever forget. No, but. heck, no. How could you, man? No way. I mean, he, some of the stories I've heard from him, which you oh, told we, me over the years. We go old country store and away deer hunting. He put. Ten dollars worth of candy on the counter, and he goes, "I'm gonna run out and get my wallet." He never come back. We'd be standing there with his candy. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we just pay for it, and he'd go, "I was just coming in." <laughs> hey, you guys, you boys didn't pay for that, did you? Yeah. I, he I just—I mean, he was a sweetheart of a guy, man. He really was. Oh, that's a shame, man. Yeah, that's just, not the way a guy yeah, like that should go. I don't think he ever go. killed a deer in in forty years of hunting. Because back then we didn't have deer like you got now up there, where my mom's got or or turkeys. Yeah, you know she had whenever she was alive, she had twenty standing in the yard, and I get up in the morning, all kinds of deer. Do and, y'all get out of the way? I'm trying to get in my car. Yeah, and and <laughs> and now just I mean you know there's a ton of them, but back then you have to drive thirty miles to see a deer. You know I I remember seeing one day they brought those black tails from Oregon. We made a trade with Oregon, traded them thirty white tails for thirty black tails. That was a disaster. Every one of them was dead in a year. They just could not adapt. It to Why would state. you bring? That's what a brilliant you? idea the state had. Why would you bring a deer in that lives in an air, a hot, humid climate? To well, actually, they live in a big, no, that's a, dry climate. Yeah, climate and, and rainforesty kind of stuff. But they're yeah. not used to that. But that Tennessee that, ain't a rainforest. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's cold. That's a different kind of cold there, man. That's you know, I was West driving Coast by cold. church down from my mom and dad's one day, and one, uh, one of their big bucks is standing in the yard of the church. I'm like, what, what the heck is that thing? You knew it wasn't a whitetail. He's probably dead in a week. Yeah, probably. We talked about that on the show that back in the day, that was a big thing to do was uh, trading with Norway. I mean, they still got whitetail in Iceland and in uh, 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 Finland or somewhere over there in Europe well, where we would trade you know, deer and see if it would work here or work there or it was a like gift. Sitting, sitting under a tree in New Mexico and watch a gims buck run by. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, dads. Where's that? Because I said to that from? guy, I'm like, I'm not an animal expert, but I think I just saw a Gims buck by us. He goes, yep, that's one of them. Well, they're out here. You know, the they oryx like are right over here. I guess uh, in New Mexico now they have that herd out there on those uh, power lines that they that's perfect have, arid have a environment. draw hunt every year for like they get to kill 20 so, of them or something. Sure, that's an arid environment. That is a beautiful animal, though. You always wanted a Jim's Bach, didn't you? Yeah, or, or a Sable, or, or my favorite would be like a greater kudu. Yeah, I'm a Sable guy. Not really much on the kudus. Looks Man. like uh, Africa's getting to be a mess, though. I just watched the thing about it the other day. They're just slaughtering everything that moves. <clears throat> Two so. guides that I know over there. One of them is a fishing guide. Um, a black guy over there does nothing but fly fishing for saltwater, big marlin and stuff like that. I mean, crazy kind of saltwater stuff. And the other guy owns Genesis Safaris over there. There was a big, giant, um, uh, big, huge hunting operation ad there. Both of them contacted me through Facebook Messenger trying to figure out a way to get the heck out of there. Trying to get out of there, trying to get out of the country. Their own country will not let them leave. 
They're literally prisoners in their own country. Well, wait they can't welcome go. Welcome to America in about five years. One of my one of my good they friends is out. a PH. Just texted me this morning at three a.m. Just letting you know I'm still alive. <laughs> it's crazy that uh, there. I mean, they were like, "Do you think it would be okay? I mean, we could we could probably get to Canada, but we need a reason to get down to the United States, and then we could ask for asylum well, and do all." I mean, it's everybody like everybody else is here. I was about I was to say, like, <laughs> no, for them it was almost impossible. Yeah. I said, uh, you know, as, as bad as it sounds, I said, you know, the easiest thing would do to do what uh, apparently everybody else is doing. Get a boat to, well, to you Mexico. Know, you know what I said 10 years ago about the black rhino, and you look right now, it's, it looks like they'll be extinct in another couple of years. There won't be any on the planet. No. Because they stopped uh, all the hunting and everything, and there no, all the conservation. And killing them like That's crazy, what I'm dude. saying. The poachers are, are because all these. Ted Nugent paid to kill one. It was the only time I was really unhappy with Ted. How much did he pay for it? Do you remember? Uh, I think twenty, thirty grand. But you know, as uh, uh, bad as it is to knock them out, I'd, I would prefer the hunt where they dart them. The green hunt. Let them, let them shoot. Let them yeah. shoot them with a dart. Go over there and take your picture, so you feel all good about it, and let them wake back up and live. Well, the green hunt. They use the green hunts, like you're saying, as one of the biggest tools they had for bringing the rhinos back because they could administer the medicine, take the horns off of them, do all kinds of stuff, and. On your way. We talked about it here on the show uh, <clears throat> a few months back that uh, Africa was really suffering because of the fact that Americans were not going over there anymore because of COVID and because of the situation that was going on there politically and everything else like that, that they were not going. So a lot of these places like Genesis and others, they either shut up or stop or closed up, which meant that it was literally open season for poachers. Because you had no one there well, they, anymore that were, were driving the property, that were there protecting the animals, only taking what they needed or taking the ones that were, should be well, taken the animals out of the had hood. value. And yeah. they had value. Now they're just uh, they're just a commodity. Well, I, I had a friend that was stopped by 20 guys in a half track in green uniforms with AK-47s, and he said, I'll never, ever go back, and he went three times a year. That's crazy, so, man. So, yeah, I mean, stop. He said, I thought we were going to die because everyone I'm pointing these AKs at us didn't speak English. They're talking to the guy driving our truck and looking at us like, in just a minute, I'm going to put this whole magazine through your head. And <laughs> yeah, he that's he, where you want to go back to. Yeah, he, he said he told his friend, he goes, that's it. I don't, I don't care if I had the world record Gims buck over here. I'm never coming back. That's crazy, man. Well, and that's, the sad thing is, is they're learning a, a very hard lesson over there because. Kind of uh, like we're going to learn here. Well, no, I'm saying when it comes to conservation, when you take the hunter out of the equation, when you take that out of there. Well, they're going to take it out of the equation because we're not going to have guns. Sure you will. You're going to have guns. Don't worry about it. I'm just hoping Biden soon is sitting somewhere eating applesauce and watching TV and not worried about us. All you have to do is just follow Hunter around and wait for him to throw a revolver in a dumpster, and then uh, there you go, free, free fire. Where's Wendy, Kamala? <laughs> Am I wearing pants today? <laughs> I think this is two days in a row. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, Steve will be on Q105 later on. Uh, wait, wait, at 10 o'clock. Where are you going? It's Q105. Oh, okay, He's bye. Out. He's got to work. Right. He'll be there, and then uh, later on he'll be over on the shark. So it's all good. Oh. See, it's, you know what it is? He's a hurricane. Bob. He comes another, in, another, tears up everything, and then just another leaves. Another box checked off of my list, set between two Tampa radio personalities. <laughs> and just He's a hurricane. Enjoy. Come in here, tear up everything, and then go, okay, I'm out of here, and leaves, and then he leaves us with the mess to clean up. Deuces! <laughs> with like two minutes left in the show. Yeah. If you ever, <clears throat> and I don't know if, if you're listening or if you ever run into Steve somewhere, anywhere in uh, the Tampa Bay area, 
You get him talking those old McGee stories, he would have me in tears driving somewhere to go hunt. We somewhere. all have that guy or that person <clears throat> that we know. I the crook finger one was the one that he told me years ago, and I just. <laughs> But he went into a little more detail than he yeah. did on the radio. Yeah. Where he was talking about oh, yeah. every time he'd uncrook his finger, he'd start to lose the, the deer, and he'd have to stick it in again and then crook it again because he'd go up and down a hill and on the backside of the cliff. And then finally just got to the point where I couldn't hold on to the deer anymore, and I had to let it go. It was like, God, you want that guy in deer camp. Oh, have a great weekend, everybody. Keep your Get hands out clean. There. Go have some fun. Tomorrow it's going to be kind of rainy. Today it's going to be a little bit rainy, but there's always something to do. Rain or shine. We'll see you next Saturday. It's a big about outdoors. Get out there and have some fun.